to the Rack Podcast. This is Sonia. If you missed it, be sure to check out last week's episode featuring Amy Cruteau and her inspiring cross-country story. This year, we have brought you many stories of student success, and today is no different. State Representative Manny Guzman began as a Reading High School graduate before finding his calling in life, service to others and the community. This is a rare opportunity to speak candidly with one of PA's representatives, so let's get started. Please welcome Manny Guzman. Hey, thank you for having me, Sonia. I appreciate the opportunity of speaking with y'all here today. Yes, thank you for being here with us. This is very exciting for me. It is. It's always exciting to come back to RAC, so I'm, oh, awesome. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Thanks. So I read a little bit about your bio. Tell me what it was like growing up with five siblings. Yeah, so, you know, my story, I like to say, Sonia, my story is kind of like a typical American story. For a while, how we ended up in Reading is an interesting story, but uh, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. My father separated from my mother for quite some time. I actually was raised the first 12 years of my life without knowing who my father was or having very little contact with him. And he, sometime in the early 2000s, he contacted my mother and wanted to reunite the family. And one of the the conditions that my mother pressed to him uh, trying to help out the rest of our five, my five other siblings was because at the time we were living in the projects in Brooklyn, buy us a house. And I don't know where my father picked the city of Reading, but somehow he picked it on the map, the city of Reading. He bought our first house and uh, reunited the family uh, in the city of Reading. So for me, the city is it was is not only special because it reunited my family, but because of, you know, just the experiences that I've had in the city of Reading coming from a big city like Brooklyn, New York, and then coming to a small town like Reading. The community has embraced me, has embraced my family. Uh, I can't say that we didn't have our, our challenges, of course. You know, my family still was a family who lived in poverty, deep poverty at times. You know, there were certain circumstances where I remember seeing my mother and my father try to figure out how they were going to pay the rent months, uh, how they were going to pay the electricity during the wintertime, how we were going to keep the heat on. And somehow, some way, they always made sure that Christmas time came around, they had some Christmas gifts for us. So I don't necessarily know how she did it and how they made it happen, uh, but they always made sure that our holidays were special. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to to go into this life of service was just vividly remembering my family's experiences and understanding that, like my family, there are thousands of other families here in the city of Reading who have a very similar story. And so, you know, I wanted to use that as motivation, as the fuel for my passion to want to service my community and jump into this crazy political life that I'm in today. That's so true. I think a lot of our community members can agree with your story, can relate to it for sure. That's definitely one that I hear a lot about. So what brought you to Rack initially? Yeah, so it's an interesting story about what brought me to Rack. So I was a, uh, to put it lightly, I was a little bit of a troublemaker in high school and I didn't necessarily have the grades to go to a four-year institution outright. And I remember vividly, that was about, what, 17, maybe 18 years old, I go into a meeting with my guidance counselor at Reading High School, and I remember her vividly telling me, Manny, you need to consider, reconsider your dream of wanting to go to college. You might be better off going to become a plumber. Those are her exact words. And at the time, I remember feeling just really devastated by that because here was somebody that I trusted, somebody that I wanted to give me some type of guidance in terms of how I can navigate the next few years. Obviously, I recognized that I wasn't the best student in the world, but I had a dream of wanting to go to college. And she deflated that dream really quickly. And while, you know, I used that story as a, as a personal motivator for me. And I was like, well, if she says I can't do it, I'm going to show her. Right. Um, I can only imagine 
what that same story did to thousands of other kids in the Reading School District who heard that story and became defeated. And so that summer, I enrolled in RAC as a student with, you know, really crappy grades. And I needed to take a lot of developmental courses here at RAC in order to even start earning any credits. And started at RAC here, and it was a blessing in disguise because, you know, I was able to become a college student. I was able to understand what it took to be a successful college student. And having that really hands-on experience with some of my professors here, they saw something in me that at the time I didn't see in myself. And so they really took me under their wing and made sure that I was successful both here at RAC and when I left RAC to go off to Kutztown University. So RAC was um, a pivotal point in my life where I realized that I could do something where somebody has told me that I couldn't. That's awesome. That's a, an incredible story to hear. When I first came to RAC, I didn't know what I wanted to do either. And I was definitely struggling with just being in the workforce and not really knowing if I even had the skills to go to college. And I think that's one of the things we excel at here is just helping meet people exactly where they're at and getting them to where they want to be no matter where that is. Yeah, I mean, it was it's an awesome institution. It's an awesome way for folks who come from similar backgrounds that I come from, similar environments that I come from, to get a good quality college education at a very affordable cost. And that was one of the things that I appreciated about coming to RAC. And also, it gave someone like me, who, again, didn't have the best grades in high school, an opportunity to reinvent myself, right? Like, I, yeah, I was maybe that troublemaker in high school, didn't get best grades, but I came to RAC and I saw an avenue where I can reinvent myself into something that I wasn't going to be just a you know stereotypical Latino in the city of Reading, that I, I was going to go after what I wanted, and RAC was a part of helping me realize that I was able to do that and capable of doing that. So when you transferred to Kutztown, how did you get involved in campus there? And how did your experience here at RAC prepare you for the four-year college experience? Yeah, so when I transferred to Kutztown, it was a, I'm pretty sure the program still exists here uh, with the transfer agreement that RAC has with Kutztown. But it was a really simple process. I earned a couple of credits. I had to maintain at least a 2.0 GPA, um, which, you know, those of you who are listening, it's not that hard to do if you put in your mind to it. <laughs> and was able to transfer all of my credits over to uh, to Kutztown. Um, I would say that it prepared me in the sense that, uh, you know, I was prepared for the rigor of the academic life, I guess, that is a four-year institution. RAC really made sure that I was prepared for that. So when I first came in, I was writing essays like a high school student was writing essays and writing papers, right? When I left RAC, I was writing papers in MLA format and APA format, and I was prepared for the rigors of that academic lifestyle that I was walking into at Kutztown University. And while I was there, though, I, I realized right away that there was a need for a Latino voice within student government at, at Kutztown University, especially being here in Reading. I mean, Reading is a pipeline to Kutztown University, and it's a growing population there. And so I decided that, well, if I'm going to be a student here, I might as well be a part of the process and helping to better the campus for people who look like me now and people who are going to come in the future like me. So I decided to join the student government, and that was really where I got my kind of first taste of politics. It's an interesting story in terms of how I got started in this political life that I'm in now. But at around the time where I was joining the student government at Kutztown University, then uh, Senator Barack Obama was launching his first presidential campaign. And at the time, I didn't really know much about him, but I had a crush on this girl and she invited me to some meeting. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll, let's go. I want to spend some time with you, right? So let's go to this meeting. 
And it just so happened to have been a meeting for um, organizing, uh, students organizing for then Senator Barack Obama's presidential campaign. And while that relationship didn't really work out with the girl, I fell in love with just the political process. For the first time, I saw somebody who looked like me, who talked like me, who came from a similar background that I came from, who was talking about creating generational change uh, within my respective community. And that really like drew me in and continues to kind of fuel that fire and passion in terms of why I continue to want to stay in this political process, uh, because I truly believe that I could be a voice for those thousands of people in the city of Reading who at times feel voiceless. And at the time, I also figured, well, I can't be any worse than the people who already have the office, right? <laughs> so why not? Why not throw my name in this in this hat and, and make it happen? So that was really the genesis of it. And Rack was really fundamental in building that foundation. And I built upon that at Kutztown University. Uh, and that has kind of led me here to be speaking with you yeah. So after you graduated with Kutztown, I know that you served as an alumni on the Reading School Board. So what did it mean to you to do that as an alumni? Yeah. So I come back from Kutztown in 2012. And at the time, uh, the Reading School Board was in the middle of a major upheaval. They were on the precipice of, you know, getting taken over by the state. And by that time, I had already worked for then-Senator, now-President Obama's 2008 campaign and his 2012 campaign. So I had built this experience of being a community organizer, of understanding how campaigns work. And so when I got back to Reading, I figured, okay, Manny, what do you do now? And I saw an opportunity with the Reading School Board of Directors, not only being an alumni and recently having graduated and bringing that perspective, but also bringing my community organizing perspective to the table. And it was my first political campaign and was happy that I won. And uh, it was a hell of a ride being a school board member. But let me tell you something about being a school board member. It's literally one of the most thankless jobs that any elected official could have. It's an unpaid position. It's a position that's done completely on a volunteer basis, and yet you're managing a $300 million business operation. You're managing the curriculum of over 18,000 students, right? And so they're pretty big expectations that are placed on you as a school board member. And I can tell you that it's one of the most thankless jobs, but it's also one of the most fulfilling jobs because every year when you're sitting there at graduation, like just last night, um, I was I was at the Fighting Phil's Stadium watching Reading High graduates there. You get that feeling of accomplishment where these kids are walking across the stage, many of them for the, the first times in their families, right, graduating from high school. And that's really what makes the job worth it. But besides that, it's an awesome experience and prepared me to be in the position that I am now as a state representative dealing with the craziness of Harrisburg. So what are your future plans now that you've been elected to the state representative position? What are your future plans for our city? One of the big things that I wanted to bring into this role right away was just energy. The previous representative who held the seat had held it for 44 years. Wow. Very long time. Correct. Uh, I wasn't even born when, 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 he was, <laughs> when he was in office. And so, you know, over the last decade or so, obviously with age, you started to see a lot of a slowdown in terms of just activity that a state representative can bring to the city of Reading. So that was one of the main things that I wanted to bring to the table just was my energy, my passion, trying to be everywhere at the same time, even though that's almost impossible to do. So number one is just bringing a new level of visibility that I think has been missing for quite some time. Number two, of course, is I also recognize that as a 
freshman representative, my level of influence in Harrisburg is not that big, obviously comparative to someone who's there 44 years. So over the last six months, I've dedicated myself to building those relationships, building those bipartisan relationships with folks on the other side of the aisle, uh, letting them know that, you know, the city of Reading is here. We're the fifth largest city in the Commonwealth. And sometimes I have to remind my colleagues of that uh, in Harrisburg, that the city of Reading deserves to have its fair share in terms of any budgetary resources that are available. So that's the second part, building those relationships, starting from zero, but working on building those things long term. And then third, of course, is working aggressively to go after state funding and state grants. Over the last six months, I've brought back over a million dollars to the city of Reading in infrastructure grants and community development grants. Uh, and that's really because it's a, it's a compliment of my staff, quite frankly. But we've just been really aggressive in going after every single dollar that's available and the state level and ensuring that Reading has its fair share. So those have been the big three, three things that I focused on over the last six months. Um, my goal, of course, uh, Sonia, is to stay here for a while, not 44 years long, um, <laughs> but to stay here at least for enough time so that um, I can build and solidify those relationships in Harrisburg. Because the thing that a lot of folks don't understand about Harrisburg is that it's a seniority-based system. The longer you're in power, the longer you're in Harrisburg, the more opportunities of funding you get, the more opportunities of leadership you get. And so the longer that I can stay in this position, the longer that the long as long as voters of the city of Reading are happy with my performance and want me to stay, I believe we'll see generational change in the city of Reading within the next decade. And we're working hard to make that happen every day. And I'm super excited about what our future holds. I certainly agree with you. I think that your passion and drive is very clear. I can feel it in this interview. And I think that that's really what's going to bring young people in to get involved in the kinds of things that are important, the kinds of things that you're talking about. And on top of that, relationship building and networking is great and important in any job, certainly, especially in yours. So related to the state grants and the funding that you discussed, how does education and job training fit into your plan for the future for us? It plays a huge role. Again, coming from a perspective of not only being a student in the Reading School District, a student at RAC, but also an elected member of the Reading School Board, you know, I realized that education is a pathway is a is a way for us to break cycles of poverty in our respective communities. And so I'm a huge advocate of increasing our educational funding, both at the K-12 model and also at the associate and or bachelorate degree level as well. So I'm very passionate about that, and I'm passionate about making sure that we have the funding that is necessary to make that happen. Unfortunately, though, you know, and this is this goes a little bit into the and I don't want to get too political on on the show, but it does go at, at times it can be a struggle where you're trying to make an argument that investing in education, investing in higher in not only in the K to 12 model, but outside of that K to 12 model can have huge dividends in sh in terms of tax generation in the future. Right. It's difficult having that conversation where folks don't understand how institutions like RAC help break generational poverty within cities of Reading like, like, like we're in here today or in Allentown or in Harrisburg or in Lancaster or in Philadelphia, right? Where these institutions are ways for folks who look like me, who talk like me, you know, to come and get their associate's degree at a very cheap cost 
and then break themselves out of a generational poverty cycle that has probably impacted their families for years. So it's difficult having conversations, and, and I don't want to generalize here, but uh, where they don't see or they can't empathize and put themselves in my shoes and understand that institution like RAC was pivotal in making my story, my American story, the story that it is today and what it can be for thousands of people here across the Commonwealth specifically here in the city of Reading. So I, you told me a little bit about what your plans are for the future, but is there something that you're focusing on right now, something specific that you're really excited about? Yes. I mean, we're, we have our hands in a lot of pots right now. <laughs> um, of course, one of the big things, uh, one of the big things that we're focused on, of course, is just number one, infrastructure improvements, right? You know, if you're driven on the city streets, you know that, you know, some of our streets, um, to put it lightly, um, are disastrous, right? Um, and <laughs> a little the, bumpy. A little bumpy, a little bumpy. So, you know, obviously that's a that's a key thing that, you know, we want to focus on is making sure that, especially with some of this money that's coming in from the federal government because of the COVID crisis, uh, we want to use some of that money in reinvesting in our neighborhoods, reinvesting in our street infrastructure, you know, reinvesting in our community blocks. I mean, just across the street here from RAC, right, we have a couple of homes that are vacant, right? That that are abandoned properties, right? And just like across the street from Rack, there are thousands of homes across the city of Reading that have been abandoned and are bringing property values down for all the surrounding homes down along with it. And so we're hopeful to use a lot of that money to really reinvest in the city of Reading and hopefully reinvent the city of Reading for the future. I always say, you look at cities like Lancaster, you look at cities like Allentown, Bethlehem, right? They're all doing great economically, and Reading is kind of stuck in the middle of all those cities in the 222 corridor, and you don't see that type of energy happening. So one of the big goals that I have is to increase our visibility, but also to increase the reinvestment that we do in everyday people here in the city of Reading. And, um, you know, that's one of the big things that we're focused on right now is with this COVID money, we're, we're talking with our partners, like the mayor of, of the city of Reading, to figure out how do we best use this money to ensure that it'll have a generational impact on people who live, work, and play here in the city of Reading. That's great. Thank you for sharing your vision for the future with me. Do you have any advice for our listeners or our students who might be in a situation similar to yours? Maybe they're young and they're having some troubles with poverty in their own lives. What would you tell them? That's a, wow, I could talk to you for hours about that because it's a philosophical question and it's also a practical question, right? Philosophically, I know what it's like to feel hopeless, to feel like nobody cares about me. Nobody cares about my family. We're just another statistic on a board somewhere that denotes poverty in, in the city of Reading. But I realized at an early age that I didn't want to just be another statistic. Although I was stuck in the circumstances of my childbirth and we none of us can control that, right? Where we're born and who we're born into. But what we can control is our mentality and our, you know, I like to say I'm a hustler at heart. Like if I don't have it now, I'm going to hustle to get it to where I, to where I want to be. Um, that's number one is developing that hustle mentality. And I think coming from poverty, we, that's kind of already ingrained with us. But second, I would say when I was a student at RAC, I saw myself in this position. 
Like, I, so having that vision, right, even though you're not there right now, it's visualizing what you want to be and visualizing everything about it. Visualize. So I remember, like, just thinking, like, all right, this is the life that you want to do, Manny. You want to be a state representative in 15 years. What is that going to feel like? So I remember feeling what it's like, and you can't, you guys can't see it because it's a podcast, right? But what it's like to wear my member pin, what it was like to speak stand next to the governor and, you know, have a conversation about whatever it is, what it is like to walk into the the House of Representatives. And I would encourage, you know, all your listeners, if they haven't had the opportunity to go up to Harrisburg to check out that beautiful building. I mean, it's one of the most gorgeous buildings in Pennsylvania. But I visualized walking into that building and, and saying to myself, Manny, you belong here. And I would say that over to over and over to like, you belong here, you belong here. And then once you visualize that, once you have that vision, then it's about working towards making that a reality, taking small steps every day. Like I never, I wasn't naive to think that I was going to be Kutztown grad to a state representative one day to the next. Like I'd never imagined that. I always knew that it was going to be a long, arduous journey. And, my, and I don't want to take up too much more time, but in my first campaign, I remember when I ran for state representative the first time and lost by 105 votes to the then representative of 44 years. During that entire campaign, I had this wholly infected tooth, this wisdom tooth that was like wholly infected. I mean, it was like, and I, oh, I remember like popping so many pills, you know, ibuprofen and Tylenol. And it got to the point I was unemployed. I didn't have any insurance. And it got to the point where I ordered fish antibiotics from Amazon just to try to keep my infective tooth at bay. And like, those are the stories that stick with me to this day. I'm like, you want to know what it's like to have an eviction notice on your door? I know what that's like. In the middle of my campaign, having an eviction notice on my door, getting kicked out, having a severely infected wisdom tooth that was draining me every single day. And yet somehow, you know, I stuck to my dream and here I am. So uh, I guess a long, that's a long way of saying you know, you got to have that hustles mentality. You got to have that visionary aspect. But then number three, you also have to have the ability to get punched in the mouth, fall down. And I always say that as long as you can look up, you can get up. And I, I've been knocked down so many times in my life. I have the battle scars to prove it that, you know, not a lot of things can phase me these days because I've been through it all. I've been into the valley and I was able to accomplish my dreams of serving my community and now here I am. Well, that is an incredible story. Thank you so much for sharing with us today and for being with us here. It has been my pleasure speaking with you today. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. You know, I'm here for, for all the listeners. If there are any listeners who want to get in contact with my office, you can reach me by sending me an email at repguzman at pahouse.net, or you can call my office at 610-376-1529. We're here to serve the community, even if you just want to talk you know, talk about initiatives that are happening in your particular life. We're here to help, so please feel free to reach out. If you want to learn more about Representative Guzman's work, visit pahouse.com slash Guzman. If you are interested in continuing your education, we are here for you. From recent high school grads to working adults, we've got programs that fit your life. Visit rack.edu slash academics to learn about the programs we offer and our flexible start dates throughout the year. To get started today, call 610 610- 607-6224 or email admissions at rack.edu. Classes start soon and you are never more than a few weeks away from your fresh start. Be sure to check back each week as we bring you more exciting stories. 
Visit us at buzzsprout.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sonia on the Reading Area Community College Podcast, and I can't wait to see you next time. Bye. Bye.